Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, and this is your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, here today. And today, guess what? I've got the immense pleasure of inviting Marco Petrovic. Marco, welcome today, brother. Thank you to the show, brother. <laughs> absolute pleasure to be here. Absolute treat to have you here. Absolute treat. Just for the listeners, just to dive in a little bit backwards, Marco is a holistic coach. Um, He's an entrepreneur, an author, and an international speaker. He's inspirational, right? So he supports high-performing women and men to supercharge their lives using his very simple approach, which is called the Calibrate Method. A combination of the latest breakthrough research with age-old wisdom from ancient civilizations that challenge mainstream thinking to get fast, sustainable momentum. In the background of that, Marco also builds and supports businesses, events, and community gatherings that help bring humanity together in the industries of health, education, human development, and organic agriculture. Marco, brother, thank you so much for the work that you do, bro. Thank you, brother. Thank you for um, acknowledging it so beautifully, and uh, it's a gift, and I'm humbled to be on the show with you. Thank oh, you so much. It's an absolute treat to have you here, you know, and it's um something that, you know, even as we were we were just having a chat before about this and, you know, um just the the values of, of the show and everything it's about, you know, um like love, wisdom and connection and just, you know, is so such an easy sort of like, Marco, I'm gonna get you on the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was this really straightforward, like there wasn't yeah, there wasn't even like a point where I had the question and then I was like, how's this going to happen? It was just like, the question happened, I put it straight out to you and I was like, boom, it was done. It was <laughs> it was totally happening. So an absolute treat. So, you know, for me, um, one of the, the biggest guiding things has been health and purpose. Mm. Um, and you're you're fully in this space of health and, you know, like you, you coach people like through their wellness and also through their finance and spirituality and business and stuff. So, you know, I, I've guessed the, the place where I'd really love to start is, you know, um, getting straight into it. But like, where did, um, where does one come into getting so intimate with themselves that they realize that this is their watering ground, but then also where did your journey begin, I guess? Yeah. 
It's mm. a really interesting question, brother. Mm. I guess for me, this uh, whole domain of health and wellness and getting really intimate with oneself, mm. I guess it, it's just been my entire life more than anything, brother. Like I grew up always extremely active, always extremely fit. And uh-huh. that, na- that naturally led to a progression of starting off in the fitness industry. Yep. Working as a personal trainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was really interesting was, you know, I went through and I did my certification for personal training and I started off at a gym straight away. Mm. And I thought I was, I mean, I was sold on the work that I was doing because I was getting results. My clients were getting results. Um, my business was growing organically as a result of that because people could see that something was happening yep, there. you're adding value. So totally. Naturally, yeah. And I thought I was really onto a winner. Uh-huh. I, I thought, you know what, this is amazing. And then it was about 18 months into that, I was going through my own bodybuilding journey at the time. I wanted to get into bodybuilding. Uh-huh. And very quickly, things started to go downhill. So uh-huh. I started to decline. Like I went from being able to wake up fine at 4.35 a.m. in the morning, yep. make my food and get to the gym and literally be like the Energizer bunny in the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. ready to go with my first five clients for the morning before my break. Uh-huh. And I started snoozing. Um, then I started to notice I was miscounting uh, sets and reps for, for my clients. Right. And very quickly I began to notice, this was over the space of like a week and a half, two, two weeks. Mm. It was just a very steep downhill right. slope. And then I started getting like snappy emotionally with my loved ones, like with my family. Uh-huh. And that was totally unlike me. Yeah. And at that point I started to question like, you know, what's really going on here? And... You must have had some pretty solid awareness of self already to just be in that place where, you know, like, I'm aware that, sorry to slightly cut you off, um, but, you know, like, going into something and noticing just in two weeks that you're emotionally already changing, you know, most people would obviously spiral into that over quite a lengthy period of time, but... Well, I I guess as I reflect on it, um, it might seem that way, but I was very emotionally unaware at the time, brother. Mm-hmm. I guess more than anything, what it was the like the guilt and the shame that I carried around right. having treated my brother, my sister, my parents like that, and knowing that it was totally unlike me. Mm. And just I, I had a forty-five minute drive to the gym every morning, yep. and then I just started to question that, and I started to ask myself, "What's going on?" Yep. And I thought, you know what, if I'm supposed to be this embodiment of what I thought was health, uh-huh. but at the time was only fitness. Yes. Thank you for delineating those two. <laughs> yes, please. I, I started asking myself some very honest questions and the reality was I wasn't stacking up to um, you know, the ideal mm. embodiment of health that I thought I was capable of. I was, I was extremely fit, yeah. pushing ridiculous amounts of weights. I was like triathlon ready yeah. and that was all great, but everything else was falling apart, uh-huh. right? Um, the fact that I wasn't sleeping, the fact that I was so emotionally sensitive. Yeah. The fact that I was forgetting conversations so if, in a flow like this, I, by, by now I would have forgotten the question you asked me. Lost the strength. And yeah. I'd be rambling. The mental clarity, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And that's where I thought, you know what? Yes, I'm extremely fit, but I'm not healthy by mm. any stretch. And I have to get really honest with myself and begin to understand what health really is. And that's kind of where the journey started for me, brother. Wow. And so... That really resonates, um, you know. If you know your airtime, but that, that you know, just so such a big part of like my story as well was just 
the delineation between health and fitness, you know, because mm. I went into, for nine years, I was, you know, totally a gym bro, um, oh. pumping iron, and, you know, I was fit, and I looked great in a t-shirt, um, but health was completely elusive, you know, if mm. it wasn't for caffeine, I could not make it through my day, and that's kind of what gave way to, like, a whole other paradigm shift towards health, so, you know, what was it that, you know, for me, it, be- it looked like becoming a vegetarian, which was like my sort of leap into the unknown. Yeah. Like, because obviously the fitness industry is very well documented. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of framework for you to work with, you know, whereas Absolutely. health is very individualized. I think you'd mm. sort of agree. And what, what was your sort of dive into the deep end with health? My dive into the deep end was, it started with digestive health and, and alkalinity. Wow. So understanding that a lot of the symptoms I'd experienced at that time was largely due to the acidic nature of the the food that I was consuming, the way that I was treating myself. Yep. I was very um, I was very excessive with my yang energy, with my masculine energy, and mm. just putting myself through the trenches consistently, but never really truly giving myself the time to rest mm. and to heal. Which you know you can't have health without without the rest, right? Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. You touched on that really um, really subtly, um, like masculine yang. And yeah, the the acidic nature of things. Obviously, that's three words describing the same thing. Um, but you've obviously got a whole wealth of knowledge supporting all of that, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so you know, you've you've looked into alkalinity, um, and but there's also like a lot of Chinese herbalism by the sounds of things. If you're talking about yeah. yang energy and that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely, brother. So, for me, I guess the journey started off strictly intellectual and going yeah. to university and which is what you knew at the time right that's totally the best and that's when i was working full-time as a pt and i was going, going to university as well and like juggling these these two um you know passions of mine yeah which was you know putting myself through the trenches and seeing how much i could empower people but at the same time seeing how far i could take my understanding of this whole domain of health and uh-huh. um, how much more value i could add to it and the tipping point for me was starting off with intellect um I, I wasn't fulfilled by what my university degree was offering me entirely, so I just started doing my own research outside of it uh-huh. because the questions I was posing to some of my lecturers, they couldn't even give me the responses I was after. Sure. And then I guess in the space of about six months or so, I, I got a little bit frustrated with the system and the way it was set up in that um, me bringing certain questions to the table, which I felt were totally relevant about health and wellness yeah. from the research I'd done, weren't even being... being um, received well not even welcome not even welcome <laughs> because it was just opening up this whole can of worms that <laughs> now when i reflect on it I, I question how much the lecturers were even aware of it and maybe it was yeah. challenging to them their belief systems totally. and you know them being out of their depth somewhat challenging absolutely yeah. and you know being the teacher or the lecturer um i can see how that can be challenging now yeah, at the time i didn't because i was totally unaware of what i was doing yeah. i was just excited Curious. for, for just, yeah. more information totally yeah and then I guess whilst going through all the science, you know, started to come along things like like Chinese herbalism, um, like Ayurvedic wisdoms, mm. and I started to notice that you know this domain of health has been um, mapped out by so many beautiful cultures around the world. Yeah, that and they mapped it out based off what nature offered us well before they had the instruments of measure that we have today. Yeah. And that's where my fascination really sunk in. Which is fascinating. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I'd sit there and I'd ask myself, 
I'm reading about this, and then I track like thousands of years back. Yeah. And it's right there. Yeah. And the fascination to me is like, how did they manage to understand this so beautifully yeah. and to map it out so simplistically um, when it's this infinitely complex like organization that's constantly living, constantly breathing, constantly changing. Mm. And they just offered us these beautiful maps. It's interesting, isn't it? Because like on some level... There's, there's so much like emphasis we place on science and the tools that we have today, you know, and, you know, society is the way that it is with all the innovation and all the infrastructure. Yeah. Um, but there's, when you start going down that rabbit hole, there's no denying <laughs> the, like, the level of, like, there's there's knowledge, but then there's wisdom, you know, like, the, the kind yeah. of, like, these people knew somewhat more than we do now, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I guess it started to fill that void that I was experiencing. You know, that void of, like, there's so much science and there's, like, there's more research articles than any human could possibly consume yeah. ever. Yeah. So the question to me was, in a world where, like, health is becoming infinitely more complex with the depth to which we're researching it, mm. how do I bring this to the average John mm. or Debbie that just has a family and doesn't yeah. want to be a scientist or a nutritionist. Sure. But wants to be able to walk into her house and know that, you know what, when it comes to health and wellness mm-hmm. and living a beautiful life, I've got this covered <laughs> because yeah. I've got this really simple map that I can work off. So, yeah, so just that innate drive to want to share it but also keep it simple. Um, that's really potent. That's really potent. Um, did you... What, what what do you feel is the, the driver for wanting to share health? Because I think a lot of people, like, I think, a, like, there are certain, not a lot of people, I can't speak for everyone. <laughs> but, you know, I think health is quite, an, like, for most people would sort of value their own health and not so much look to consistently want to improve the health of others. Mm. Um, this generosity, this giving nature, like, why, why, this, why this innate drive to be able to simplify it but then also share it with John and Debbie Mm. great question beautiful question actually and I get somewhat emotional even as I feel the Mm. response because it rings very close to home for me Mm. and it's in I guess in my experience of all the clients that I've worked with over the years what I noticed was like we set this benchmark for ourselves that once we hit that point like we're good and we kind of take our foot off the accelerator for lack of better words yeah. in continuing to evolve in this area of our lives. Mm. And I remember a man who's had a lot of influence on me, Jim Rohn, yeah. said that you know we get given these gifts and the lesson that we're taught throughout life with these gifts that we're given is if you don't use it, it gets taken away from you. And he says, you know, it's not something I, in his words, he says, it's not something I need you to like, yeah. but it's something I need you to learn. Wow. Because when you learn it, then you say, that guy that has the 10 gifts, he's not lucky. He's just learned the lesson. Yeah. And that person that has no gifts, they're not unlucky. They just learned the lesson. Hmm. They, they haven't learned the lesson. They Sorry. haven't learned the lesson yeah. yet. Yeah. So for me, how that relates to the question that you asked me was, when people take this foot off the accelerator, it's like they're saying, I've honored this gift for the last 8 weeks, 16 weeks, however long they've committed to their health journey for mm. 
and then they'll start to taper off because they think that that's it. Like, yeah. I, I get to fit into the clothes that I want or I get to feel the way I want to feel <laughs> in my skin. I can fit into my wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, like, that was never a driver. But what was, was asking the question of how much better does it get? Mm. So no matter how deep I dive into this beautiful world of health and wellness mm. and living an inspired life, the catalyst for me that keeps driving me is always like I'll go through and I'll put myself through a certain protocol mm. and I get to the end of it and I feel amazing. Yeah. And I think to myself, surely, <laughs> surely this is the epitome of <laughs> health and vitality <laughs> and like this is bliss. It can't get better. Yeah. Yeah. And then some This is the icing on the cake. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then some stranger walks into my life and opens up a whole new world for me and says, like, hey, have you tried this? Or have yeah. you are you familiar with this? Mm. You know, the next insight will present itself. So for me, the big driver in wanting to share it is what I've experienced with a lot of my clients is health becomes a priority when a certain level of disease has begun begin to onset. Yeah. And yeah. now to clear, uh, create, create a clear distinction, when I say disease, I, I mean literally in the phrasing of the word, dis-ease, a lack of yeah. ease in the body. Mm-hmm. Now for some of us, a lack of ease might be, like it was for me, I noticed I was snoozing way too much mm. and I wasn't remembering conversations. Yep. And that was the level of disease that I was willing to tolerate yep. before I got really honest with myself. Yep. It, it's different for everyone. Mm. And then we embrace this health journey because we need to heal but for me, the inspiration around all of it, and the reason I've called the method the Calibrate Method, yeah, is because for me, it's not even about the disease to begin with. It's mm-hmm. about the strength that resides inside of us. It's about the fire and the beauty and the relentless force of nature that exists inside of us. Yeah. Like the same power that when I look out at the thunder and I say... We've got this inside us. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we can move mountains with it. Mm. And we can literally create a storm mm. and orchestrate it in any way that we want to when we fully embrace ourselves and we say, you know what? This is no longer about the wedding dress or the New Year's thing or whatever it might be. This is about my life. Mm. And I value my life because it's the greatest gift I can get given. And with that gift, fully honored. I don't think words can do it justice. I think songs have to be sung. Yeah. And poetry, poetry has, has to, to be, be written. written. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hermanos. Um, something you touched on there was, oh, I resonate with that so deeply. Something you touched on was, um, there's two there's two things that are burning to come out of me. I'll just pick one. Mm. Um, first of all, the many method approach. Like you said, you know, you get the icing on the cake in one area and you think, surely this is it. But then it's like, Someone, something else will open up and it's like, oh, surely this is it. And then something else will open up and like, oh, surely. And, you know, you continue to dance the dance. And like knowing you personally has been this real asset because, you know, there's there's fasting incorporated in it. There's alkalinity incorporated in it. There's medicinal, like herbal tonic Chinese mushrooms incorporated into it. There's all these things that are just continually like layer upon layer upon layer opening up these avenues. Um, you know, even if I didn't know the value of the health of each of those individual things... I would just purely be impressed by your ability to not be rooted into a one-shoe-fits-all kind of health. Yeah? Talk yeah. to that a little bit for us. 
Um, great question. <laughs> I guess I started off um, very rooted in mm. in thinking that I'd figured this thing out. Yeah. Um, you know, to reflect back on what I mentioned earlier, where everyone was getting amazing results, and so was I up until that point. And at that point, I just when I had that honest conversation with myself, I said, you know what, like Marco, you yes, you in the mirror look physically good. Mm-hmm. but there's so many things that are um, raising questions that like you have to open yourself up and you have to consider mm. what's going wrong otherwise it was just a very quick downward spiral that I didn't want to keep exploring so I guess in some ways um, it was a, it was there was a fear for my health and my wellness in that that I wasn't willing to even entertain mm. so I said you know what I don't care what's required like I'll change completely, but I'm committed to like finding the answers for myself and yeah. living that same beautiful, powerful life, and even more so. So, and where that comes from for me is just, I guess, having the privilege of you know having spent so much time out at the farm. Yeah, is nature's a beautiful teacher, and that you know, like, you're either green and growing or you're ripe and rotting. Ah, yeah. And when you look at the grapevine, it mm. doesn't choose one, one pole to climb up or one tree trunk. Uh-huh. It spreads itself up the tree trunk, across all the branches, reaches over to the next tree, spirals down the branches, and it just keeps traveling and journeying. Yeah. So for me, I guess I ride on that um, assumption in my mind that like, I'm never fully going to figure this thing out because it is truthfully a never-ending journey. Um, and we're constantly evolving. And with that... It, it's totally nonsensical to me <laughs> to sit there and to say no I know best and therefore yeah. I'm not going to even entertain anything else <laughs> yeah I do really want to talk about the farm but right into this is you know never ending nature of the health journey mm. um, like anyone that's met you for like 30 seconds you know gets to know quite deeply that you know you're obviously quite an embodied spiritual person as well Um and, you know, just as I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm, I can't help but draw the parallels between the two that, like, you know, health, while I'm, like, downloading your presence and your understanding around it, is it's infinite. Um, but then also spirituality is infinite as well. Mm. Is there a, is there a, even a dance between the two in, in your understanding? Like, Yeah. Well, I can say for sure that my direct experience of life has been from that moment when I started to clean up my, my diet and what I was eating mm. and to become more aware and more intentional with you know, my food and the way I was training and the way I was taking care of myself and then you know, filtered into other areas of my life just the way I was carrying myself yep. and the way I brought myself to different occasions. Of course. Um, I began to notice it was almost like as I became more intentional I was eating lighter and lighter foods uh-huh. and then on spiritually for me uh, things just started to open up I began to develop a much deeper um, awareness of myself and create finer distinctions in my life. Um, whereas before, when I reflect on it now, it seems like I was a, br- a brick wall. <laughs> you know, there was absolutely no sensitivity to emotions. There was no sensitivity to any anything that you could even term a spiritual experience. Mm. It was nothing there for me. But now, I'd say for sure that you know our body is just this beautiful vessel, this beautiful home mm. for 
a spirit, right? And the through my, some like my fasting experiences, I can conf- confirm that as you go through that process of eating lighter and lighter food and really cleaning up this vessel, the body, um, your your spiritual path does open up for you, right? And it opens up differently for everyone. Um, yeah. But for me, there's definitely been profound insights that have come through, mm. um, profound releases emotionally yep. um, from traumas and actually I really love to share this because this was extremely powerful they say that um, as you go on your fasting journey you, you undo the layers of trauma that, that's been instilled on you or that you've experienced through, throughout life but what becomes really fascinating is in the work of Dr. Bert Hellinger he says that not only do we hold our own traumas we hold the traumas of seven, seven generations back. I've heard stuff like this, yeah. And when I was doing my water fast in December last year, it was absolutely fascinating to me. I was falling asleep one night. Yep. And I heard the piercing whistling sound, which I've never heard in real life before, mm-hmm. of a falling bomb. And just as the bomb was about to crash, I got a really powerful sense of my mother and this deep, deep fear of I want my son to live and that snapped me out of it and I woke up and I thought, wow this I've been holding this trauma and only now through the 10 days that I spent on water did my body get into such a deep state of rest and relaxation that I could come to terms with that and let go of it so and, and that was an absolute blessing to um have experienced that and been able to let go of it and so to bring it back to the question absolutely I think there there is a very woven path between spirituality and wellness um, how it unfolds for us is very individual and very unique as we all are as humans but for sure even in a lot of the stuff I've learned from ancient civilizations and cultures for fa- fasting was a big proponent of cleaning up the body, cleaning mm. up the vessel. Jesus did a 40-day water fast. Moses did a 40-day water fast. Gandhi is known for doing a 40-day water fast. Mm. And these are some of the biggest spiritual names that we that we know of through religion and certain cultures. Yep. So. Wow, that's deep. And so, I want to ask, perhaps you know, grounding it in, like on a on a on a scientific level, are we? What are we work like? Is it trauma, do you think, that's held within the body, that the body is now processing? Um, or does fasting, like, open you up, like, energetic? Like, I don't really, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the simplest way that I was um, explained the process of fasting and how it affects the body and what goes on is that, so right now we eat solid matter, we eat food. mm and food in solid form originates from the elements mm-hmm. the air the water and the sunlight yep. and when we look at the food that's presented to us in plant form it holds the full spectrum of colour the yep. rainbow right and so that's like the densest way that we can nourish ourselves then one tier back from that is drinking just the pure distilled water that's held in in plants so we take out the fiber and we just drink the clear juice and what you're doing there is you're concentrating the amount of color that you're receiving 
in your body mm. much 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 more than what you could with food because you can drink 20 carrots in one glass but you can't sit down and eat 20 carrots no you can't yeah right? and then the, the next step back from that is recognizing that the full spectrum of color is not only held in plants but it's held in water that's why we see rainbows when the sun shines and the water falls that's where the rainbow comes from mm. so as we for those who feel called to like allow ourselves to explore the idea of water fasting what it begins to do is such a concentration of the full rainbow spectrum uh, brings about a cleansing mentally emotionally spiritually and physically to a degree where you could relate it to something like um, cleaning out murky water mm. if you had a glass of dirty murky water and you just started to pour water into it it would overflow and you could say it would be a little emotional as it overflows Sure. Because the tabletop would get a little dirty and yeah, you'd have yeah, to clean yeah. it up. But as you kept just tipping the water in bit by bit, slowly the water in the glass would cleanse and purify. Yeah. And through this cleansing and purification, it would be more receptive to light and it could hold more information. But the glass of water that we started with was gunky and dirty. Totally. And it was just carrying a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. So that's the simplest way um, I found to express and to relate to the process of fasting. And then to answer the question of in a more grounded, practical, scientific level, mm. what's going on is it's actually stunning when, when you see um, the intelligence of the human body innately within us married to um, something like the art of fasting. Yep. And specifically what I mean is... so. The guy that I was taught fasting by, he, he learned a lot of it from ancient civilizations, so there wasn't a lot of science in his stuff. And he said that when you start to fast, your body is kind of like a, a string that's been woven up. And as you go through the process of fasting, it begins to unwind itself. And any traumas or any pains or any experiences that we may have held, physical mm -hmm. or emotional, yep. it's going to go through the healing process of that. Uh, unraveling. Unraveling. And as it does the unraveling, you'll re-experience the pain that you first experienced as the cellular memory releases that trauma that was held. Right. So to give a very practical example, um, when I was competing in, in martial arts in Taekwondo in my teens, I injured my left ankle quite severely. Uh, I was told I had to get put in a cast. Fortunately, I found an amazing acupuncturist that um, had me competing the next week. Wow. But the pain of that was excruciating. Mm. And when I did my last fast, I remember waking up on day eight and I had the most intense pain in my left ankle. And I tracked it back from what I'd been taught in that one day of water fasting can undo one year of trauma held in the body. And being on day eight, eight years back from where I was, matched up exactly... <laughs> to the year when I'd injured my ankle. Wow. And it was in agony for half the day. And then the next day it was gone. Wow. So the question that arises for me out of this space, thank you so much for sharing so deeply. Um, the question that arises for me out of this space is, you know, we're talking about trauma. Um, and I guess, you know, this is a bit of a, might be a little bit sinister, but, you know, in a conversation around health, mm. you know, society is shaped a certain way at the moment, you know, um, and 
just I guess I I personally have a relationship with adaptogens and that sort of stuff and so I'm just coming from that sort of space in terms of like being aware of trauma but also just shifting environments all the time and just you know like simple trauma like let's say I was standing just on the side of the road and a car just zips by you know this happened to me at the coffee shop the other day I was literally just sitting there working on my working on the podcast actually (laughs) and um and a car like dropped gears and just like did this little like skid as it drove past and everybody in the coffee shop literally like jumped out of their chairs because they had no idea this happened and then afterwards like I didn't feel right like I sort of knew I knew that like oh, I've just jumped out of my skin and if I was my dog I probably would have shaked it off or something you know what I mean yeah. but like because I'm a human I'm just sort of, like sitting here just going I just feel odd you know and just like that's just a, like a small split second moment of my day mm. um but I guess that's not as severe as like physical injury and trauma around that, but it's. I think there's a lot that we face in the day to day with today's society with yeah. trauma. Would you say? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I've noticed, especially, so I spent two, about two years out at the farm, and recently I've moved back into um, suburbia and the city to to be a little closer to the action, and I'm taking myself through a bit of an incubation uh, of just an intense period of labour. Yep, and. I've noticed it so much more since coming back. The like the intensity of what the suburbs and the concrete jungles of the city can offer. Yeah, um, there can be so many, so many little micro traumas that can very quickly accumulate. Absolutely. So immersion into so let's talk about your farm, right? So you've got this. <laughs> as I've said this, Marco is just lit up. <laughs> like, I can, <laughs> you can, oh, there is no question. This is a passion project <laughs> and one filled with love. Um, so for those listening, as Marco arrived for the podcast today, I was blessed to have some of his, um, his honey. So obviously there's beekeeping, which is a big mm. part of it. And that's handed down from the family as well. Yeah. yeah? So let's start there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, um, so I'm the fourth generation beekeeper and I remember my dad showing me this photo of his father, mm. literally nothing but a singlet, yeah. taking care of the bees. <laughs> and it said that once... I'm so afraid of getting stung, man. That makes me feel uncomfortable just hearing about it. Yeah. And awesome. my dad would always share this story with me when I was young that he could, like the bees would fly onto his skin and he'd be totally fine. Because after a while, they get used used to the scent of the person that takes care of them. Ah. And they become non-aggressive towards him. And he said that he could even pat them and they wouldn't do, do anything. And it wasn't until he actually pressed down on them and put their life in danger that they'd sting him. Wow. So, yeah. Be- That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so, beekeeping for me is like this beautiful gift where I guess I get to connect with my ancestry and something that's been handed down but at the same time just being able to absorb like the hive and mm. the level of organization and intelligence in something like that mm. is phenomenal um, one of my uncles always said the two most intelligent, cre- intelligent creatures that humans should learn off are bees and ants ah. because they seem to have it figured out yeah. organizationally to where everything works yep for the most part. <laughs> For the most part. Because there's that saying, like, if you put a fire in an ant hole, not advising anybody to go do this, but, like, the theory is that ants are the only, like, species that literally, they don't clog the exit. They file up and they all move out one by one because they know yeah. that that's optimum. Um, whereas humans escaping a building 
very different, totally different self-preservation, yeah. self-oriented. But and then there was that you know there's that quote from I think it's an Einstein quote which is like if if we lose the bees, humans are done sixty years after or something like four years after four four four, four years after yeah we're. Am I like America's facing a bit of a crisis with their bees at the moment? Is this correct? Yeah, absolutely. So it's been going on for a few years now. It's what they're calling colony collapse disorder, which is essentially one of two things will happen. Yep. They'll let their bees out in in the morning, mm. and this is the large scale industrial beekeepers who literally they have bees stacked up on pallets and they just bring them out and, and leave them to pollinate like single monoculture crops, mm-hmm. like the almonds, for example. <laughs> which yep. is the start of the season in California. And colony collapse disorder is one of two things where either the strength of the hive diminishes so much that they all just collapse and die because they, um, because they, one, they're not being nourished the way that they're supposed to. Yep. Um, they're being put on a, a monofield where they have no other flowers. Yep. So the way I relate it to ourselves is imagine only eating one food for the rest of your life. Yep. Um, it wouldn't be very quick before you'd start to like certain nutrition and diminish right totally but what the bees do is if they notice that they're sick or infected they won't fly back to the hive they'll sacrifice themselves so eventually none of them fly back so eventually none of them fly back and because the hive weakens in numbers and diminishes in numbers they can't supply themselves what they need right and then they're getting pumped with high fructose corn syrup as a sugar supplement to give them the boost which has, has been done for a very long time, but mm. typically it's only done in the winter time. Mm-hmm. If your bees are getting very, very weak, you traditionally, like my my grandfather used to do this, where he'd mix some water yep. and sugar together, and he'd feed that to the bees. But that was only for a very short yep. period of six to eight weeks in the depth of winter. Mm. Um, but now it's being done literally with hoses. They're being hosed down with high fructose Whoa. corn syrup. And the, the stats when I last looked into it, which was about a year ago, is that about three quarters of the bee population is dying in the states every year? Every year. Every year, and they're importing exponential decay. Yeah, and then they're importing either. From- Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Australia or from Africa. Um it's not as as intense here, mm. and you know, the question remains of whether it's just not being reported that it's, that it's happening, mm. or whether it's not happening. Which I hope it's the latter, but yep. you never truthfully know. Um, but I think it just speaks to the nature and the way that we've treated the land 
in our farming practices and our mm. agricultural practices and I think the bees are just a reflection of that that we're creating a, a very very big problem that is as um, the founder of permaculture Bill Mollison said mm. he said even though the problem gets increasingly complex the solution remains embarrassingly simple <laughs> wow so the bees are just um, yeah, they're a beautiful teacher in many many ways and you know on top of all the lessons that you receive you get this amazing golden nectar this golden this. nectar oh your honey is phenomenal like I yeah even if it was just for my sentimentality that it came from you and knowing the intention that you put into your land and your work and just this awareness around the bees but it is it is de- like it is delicious um and just yeah like uh, this is uh, this is me being completely vulnerable and just saying I buzz on a different level I start my day with a morning tonic and your honey goes in it and when a honey go when your honey goes in it I'm just buzzing on like a whole nother I love the frequency of just that vibe of having your honey and it is absolutely delicious um so thank you so much for that gift mm-hmm. um so at the farm yeah so like you talked mm-hmm. about this as well you know it's a, like the bees are obviously a reflection of the symptomatic nature of you know what's going on with the farms and obviously you're empowered to do it differently so you know i, I know that garlic has been a big part of it as well and so there's like all these yeah. really like um uh, rootsy <laughs> foods like that you've you know you've been working with um what does tell us about the farm and like what that really you know i guess you you light up so i'm, I'm imagining it means something to you the yeah, farm. absolutely i guess I found myself, um, this was when I was living in the suburbs, I found myself outside in the garden and I'd taken a day off and mm. just decided to do no work whatsoever. Yep. And it was at a point of conflict before I'd fully embraced my health coaching and everything that I'm doing now and speaking and all of that. Mm. Um, and I was out in the garden and it was almost as if having a conversation with God or with the earth or yep. just a very quiet conversation. Mm. And I found myself pulling weeds. And I was ecstatic with joy. And I was I was happy. Yeah. I, I was so happy. Yeah. And I was in tears of confusion over how could I possibly be this happy pulling weeds? <laughs> when for the last two and a half years I've been building this organization, like building up sales and yeah. doing all this stuff. And literally... A day to myself, no one around me. Yeah, money, not even a thought. I'm just totally happy weeding the garden, <laughs> <laughs> and which the, most people would consider a chore, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and then the question just came from somewhere, and it it asked me um, if you were to continue down the path that you're going and become this big like business person and like super wealthy, mm. or Maybe you weren't as wealthy, but you got to spend a little more time in nature and got to do a bit of gardening. Which one would it be? And with, without a second's thought, I knew that was the day I decided to let go of all of that stuff. Oh, whoa. Because I've... Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Because I, I remember, like, well, how much of a passion project business was for you as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you... Like one of the few people that I met that was like absolutely passionate about business as well, um, so I think that's just 
for me, I'm, I'm aware that you're probably not not passionate about business. <laughs> you're just super passionate about the farm. Yeah. And just that, that bond to nature. Mm. And so I guess what's what's um, what I'm picking up on is, you know, that's that's an alternative thought pattern, you know, um, to the mainstream. And I, I'm acutely aware of your offerings as the Calibrate Method and or like the, the health and wellness coaching that you offer, which is, you know, it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. Like my partners receive coaching from you and, you know, the, the, the testament to it, you know, it's, it's beautiful, the work that you do and really inspirational. Um, and so I think that really speaks to the, you know, having that different sort of relationship, which I think perhaps is what's needed for, for most people. Would you agree? Like more alignment to nature? Yeah, absolutely, brother. Um, I can't speak of it highly enough. Mm. And it, it's again that phrase that I said from Bill Mollison, as the problems become increasingly complex, the solution remains embarrassingly simple. Mm. And to the point where I've had the gift of witnessing it at the retreats that I've run at the property, mm. at the farm, where people come out and initially I thought like I was going to be taking them through workshops and giving them these beautiful experiences mm. which we did do yeah but I realized that the gift for them wasn't well, that wasn't the depth of it the depth of it was putting them in tents out on the land waking up to the sound of kookaburras yeah. going to, to sleep with like crickets in the background being woken up by the sun because the, all of the tent entrances were pointed exactly at the sunrise and after two days of that two and a half days of that and looking at the stars in front of a fire yeah like I've had people come, come to me and say the same things the same thing that I went through in the garden <laughs> when I was weeding they said I've had all kinds of things but one that brings to mind right now is mm. you know Marco like thank you so much this has been beautiful and you just come here and you consider life and you rethink things and you've inspired me so much. I've actually got a family property that I've not been to in years and I'm going to go do that place up and that's where the family's going to spend time from now on. And I was just stunned by it. How simple, yet how profoundly beautiful it that's is at the beautiful. same time. That is beautiful. Yeah, so the land works its own magic as well. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah, wow. So... You know, you you do offer a lot in um in this space as well. You know, you you're not just you know, yeah, you're not just offering retreats on your land. You're obviously going and speaking, um, not just here, but like overseas as well. And then you're not just speaking overseas, but you're like holding retreats. Like you took a whole bunch of people to Bali recently as well. And yeah. you know, you're you're very very active, very mobile, very uh, moving and shaking, <laughs> as they call it. Um, but yeah, you know. So what's um. Yeah, like this this health revolution, you know, what's um, obviously because I've spoken to a few other, um, I guess, health professionals before and, you know, their dream is to have the farm property and the land, which Marco, tick, <laughs> you know, and there's that culminating relationship with it. So I'm really intrigued to sort of know that once, you know, you've you've got that relationship and that real deep connection to the earth and your nature and yourself and your health, what's next, you know? Is it just continuing to spread that that wisdom and that awareness further and what does that look like or what is next? <laughs> it's a beautiful question. Mm. Truthfully, I don't entirely know. Mm. 
largely because a lot of the vision and the dream and everything that seemed like a really far stretch for me is coming to a point where it's being like it's fleshing out into reality (laughs) and it's becoming a very tangible thing for me yeah so for a little while i'm just going to bathe in that yeah (laughs) (laughs) honor and embrace (laughs) the reality that was dreamed yeah and just soak that up because um it's been a long labor of love Mm. and where to from there is a really good question because um it's a question that i do find myself asking from time to time and i'm not entirely sure i know for sure what i feel i was put here to do is um to create that property into a beautiful immersion space where people can come away they can unplug from the craziness of Mm. suburbia and the city and to really plant the roots deep into the earth and just feel that and to feel the songs of the earth and Mm. all the beauty that's offered and it's a blessing isn't it because it's really not that far from um from melbourne yeah 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 totally accessible totally accessible and i mean how that all came together was out of this world tell us tell us (laughs) (laughs) it was it started off as a joke more than anything yeah with my dad where i said to him you know dad look if we can find a place that's like 40 acres has a house on it has fences and isn't more than 90 minutes from the city yeah i reckon i'd buy it yeah 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 and then just out of curiosity we got on the internet and we were looking around and not, nothing within the budget that I'd set uh-huh. and that was the other parameter the budget yeah and nothing within the budget that I'd set uh-huh. was um, within the perimeter I was looking for it was more like two to three hours like you're starting mm. to, to push it quite a bit yep so I gave up on it and then shortly after my dad came home high as a kite <laughs> just so ecstatic yes and he was like, I found your place. <laughs> I love dads. I love dads too. <laughs> and he was so enthusiastic about it that it was almost off-putting. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> totally. I thought there had to be something wrong with this place. Yeah. Like, it just, I, I couldn't buy it. I yeah. couldn't buy that he'd found it literally you know, two, three weeks after we ignited that conversation mm. and he actually found it because he went to buy capsicums from a, a local Serbian guy who mm. is known to, to grow capsicums which are very specific for making this capsicum relish which is a seasonal thing for, for Serbs yeah so my dad went to buy capsicums and one thing led to another they got to talking yeah and this guy who sold the capsicums is now my neighbor because he said why don't you look at the place next door uh-huh. and that's how this whole connection lined up and the property wasn't even being advertised online for starters so yep. unless you'd driven past it or you'd driven through the local town you, would, you wouldn't no know about of, it yeah right and so we went there and we took a look at it and as soon as I got there it was like time and space just opened up for me and I felt I, I just knew I was home yeah it, it was like you know ironic or cheesy as it might sound my whole everything in me settled and I feel that every time I, I go there and every time I pull into the driveway it's like something just washes off me. Yep. And I know I'm home. Yeah. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's a cool story. <laughs> yeah. And so it's you and the dad working on working on the land together there? Yeah. From time to time, dad's still 
um, quite quite busy with with his own yep. activities and the work that he's doing. Because you're busy as well. <laughs> <laughs> like I know you are. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, so you know, obviously, um, there's been some there's been some people that have inspired you along your journey. You obviously mentioned um, your taekwondo instructor before, but you yeah. you know because I've got a bit of a history with taekwondo as well. So nine years, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Mr. No, Mr. No, yeah. But, like I remember my my taekwondo instructor, his name was Vernon Lowe, and um, just man, like the art of discipline that he embodied yeah. was just, <laughs> man, I love this guy. What was your what was your? Uh, Mister No was. It's actually great to speak about him on this podcast because he was so wise. Yeah, he really embodied wisdom beautifully. Uh, he was extremely humble. Yep, and. He just taught through like being a shining example of what's possible. And what I mean by that is, one, his discipline was second to none. Mm. Um, the way he explained his upbringing to me was that um, over, over there in Korea, where, when he grew up, you either chose to go and study some kind of like medicine or something, yep. or you chose to go and study Taekwondo. Uh-huh. And, yeah, you, right. and they have universities for different different pockets within Taekwondo. So if you want yeah. to be a master in forms, you go to the University of Forms. If you want to be a master in competition, you go to ah. learn about competition. If you want to master the art, then you go and you study the art. And, you know, training six, seven, eight hours a day, just yep. eating rice and training. Yeah, wow. And yeah, he passed on a lot, of, a lot of that intensity through to us. Um, and for me, the biggest, the biggest lessons that, that I drew from him were Two, two that I still carry with me and they still guide me beautifully. One was um, like the gift of hu- humility and mm. what it means, how beautiful um, life can be when you remain understated and you stay extremely present to, to the point where I was quite cheeky when I, I, I go into my competitions and I try to um, break the person's character by like smiling or do- doing like off-putting things. Yeah. And he always checked me and he said, no, like, almost like, like, his expression was like paper, like, don't let, you don't want to be able to, for them to read you, just be like mm. a blank sheet of paper, that's it. Yeah. And slowly over time I started to get that lesson and I started to embody it. Um, so that has been, been beautiful for me, just Profound. remaining understated, extremely centered and open at the same time. Mm. Um, you know, in, in the ring that allowed me to, to see things like to see certain kicks or punches that I might not have seen otherwise mm. because I would have been distracted but applying that in life it's very, very much the same you sometimes have your your blinders off in the periphery open to a point where you can get insights and little clues mm. for whatever you might be going through in life yeah well it sounds like it definitely served you in like from just what we were talking about before in terms of staying open and centered but still open to all the different realms of health and the approaches that are available <laughs> Yeah, yeah, nice noticing. <laughs> Just can't help it. There's so much more and off you right now. It's amazing. Yeah, um, I think uh, yeah, I yeah, taekwondo is 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 really a, a beautiful art form, and you know, I I'm just aware that you know there's um, there's a lot coming out of these these cultures um, like Korea, the Indian culture, myself, Serbian culture as well, and you know, I think um, we're really blessed in this time to be able to share you know so much culture amongst each other you know like um sometimes i sit here and wonder like you know we would have bored 
in the mm. past, you know, like a yeah. hundred years ago, you know, our cultures would have been at ends yeah. with each other. And now you and I are bonding <laughs> over a Korean culture, you know, that we both shared in, you know, and you're from Ser- your heritage is Serbian, mine's is Indian, you know, and I think that's um, that's a really special indicator of our time. And um, just, yeah, like, you know, that, that um, yeah, just, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just mm. that, that union and that kinship and, you know, we've been talking about health as well, and I think that's that's definitely health of the planet in terms of connection is pretty good um, for where we're at. Um, so, if I was okay, so here's here's Amrit, and I'm on I'm I'm ready to be unravelled. Yeah, so like I'm your average corporate nine to fiver, and you know, there's there's something going on, and you know, like. Um, let's just say I'm tired all the time or uh, let's start with that one. I'm tired all the time. Do, is there like a, is there like the one place where you like to sort of pick at the thread and it sort of helps come apart or is there like a, the first introductory sort of tip that Marco tends to have for people or is it always yeah. quite individualized? Yeah. Great question, brother. Um, <laughs> I giggle at this one because I'm going to pre-frame it with if, Provided said person is willing to commit to themselves. Yeah. That's the clause for this one. Yeah. Is cold showers. Cold showers. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I know for sure mm. from what I've seen and what I've experienced that the best medicine is always free. Yeah. The best medicine is always free and it's sitting right under our noses. Uh-huh. And it's oftentimes hidden in the things that we least want to do. And speak, yeah. this speaks a lot of truth when it comes to cold showers. Mm-hmm. Because most people, when they hear cold shower, they have to say, nah, no yeah. way. They're already having an out-of-body experience. They're yeah. jumping out of their skin and they don't even... Yeah. <laughs> I like my steam. I like yeah. my heat. Yeah. The windows have to be fogged up by the time I yeah. get out of the shower. Marco, do you not live in Melbourne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... It is truthfully uh, the most powerful medicine that we could self-administer mm. safely without p- putting ourselves um, you know, in the way of harm. Yeah. And it delivers every single time like without any pauses. It's always there and it always delivers. Uh, to really touch briefly scientifically on what's going on, Please. it stimulates the, um, the immune system. It helps to deal with parasite and fungal inf- infections, um, drives inflammation out of the body. Yeah. Um, it stimulates your entire nervous system. Mm. So if you're someone who's into training or uh, you do any kind of strenuous exercise that requires the body recovering, it stimulates that recovery. Um, it primes you for deep, for deep sleep. It, it primes you for the day. It washes stress off. It, like I could go on and on. I could rattle about this stuff forever. Brilliant. Brilliant. There's so much insight into that. There's so yeah. much insight into that. Cold showers. And so, like, say if... Okay, so I, is it, like, bang, I'm going to have a 10-minute shower, which, try and keep them short, guys. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to have a 10-minute shower all the way cold, or do you have, like, a... Like, we can be intro- introductory to it, like... For sure. I'd pro- probably start with um, just have your normal shower yeah. and then finish the last part on cold. Yeah, so cool. dial it completely... To, to the right. Yeah, in you my don't case. have to be rocky about it. You can, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, totally. And just start slow. Start with 10 seconds of exposure, 30 seconds, whatever you can tolerate. Mm. But 
the hint that I'm going to leave for everyone is that it's only cold to the degree that you relate to it as being cold. Mm. And what I mean by this is if you notice yourself jarring up before the water's even hit you, mm. it's because it's in your head mm-hmm. and there's a rigidity there. And it actually becomes quite a beautiful meditation. If you can stay aware of the rigidity in your body and allow the cold to actually melt it away, mm. which sounds very counterintuitive. Yeah. But the cold is essentially, it's like a magnifying glass. Mm-hmm. It brings a lot of focus to one area. And that area is where you're most tensing up. And that's usually when you'll start to shiver. If you can just let go of that tension in your own way, whether it's a couple of breaths or a scream or a yell or whatever your form of release might be. Yeah. You'll notice the moment that tension melts, there's heat there. There is no cold. And it it is extremely counterintuitive. But I encourage everyone that's listening to this to just play with that and play with the idea that when I get in the cold, I'm internally I'm actually hot and it's only tension that's creating the experience of cold. And if you can let go of that connection in your mind, that rigidity in your mind, that this is cold and just have it as an experience, Mm -hmm. uh, very quickly the body heats up. And so start off like that with just minimal exposure at the end of your shower. Build that tolerance up to 60, 90 seconds, two two minutes is ideal. And then once you're comfortable with that, I encourage two exposures because at two exposures is where the magic happens. Yeah. One exposure is like getting started, get, like wearing in new shoes. Mm-hmm. Two exposures is like now I'm sprinting. Right, right. So start off when you get in the shower, start cold yeah. for 60 seconds. Have your normal shower at like average, lukewarm, hot, whatever, floats your boat, and then go back to cold again. Yeah. And the two, two, two exposures um, is an extra dose of stimulation. Yeah. And on top of everything that we've already spoken about, what I absolutely love about it is I'm big on obviously pushing your comfort zone, right? Mm. Because it creates growth. And no matter how many cold showers you've done and how many cold exposures you've had, (laughs) when you step into that shower in the morning and you know the cold water is coming at you, it stretches your comfort zone. Every day. And starting your day like that is the greatest high that you can ask for. Yeah. To the point where like I had clients that say to me, I stopped drinking coffee in the morning Mm. because I had the shower and I'm good. I don't need any more energy. Invigorated, revitalized. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. I think um, I have to share this, like, you know, I was, I was holding back where I should, but, man, like, that, just the way you, are, like, I'm so glad I asked that question because just the way you guided me through that and the listeners through that in the last 10 minutes, just the the, the gentleness, the humility, but also the efficacy and the, the, the profound knowledge and wisdom and the inspiration behind what you shared, man, I can... If I could dial into an hour of that once a week, man, no wonder you're thriving in this health coaching realm. Like that is, man, that was really powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was fully relatable and yeah, just really, I really appreciated how you delivered that. Thank you so much. Um, Okay, so a bit more out there sort of questions. Who to you is inspirational? Oh. Bruce Lee would have to be yeah. one of my biggest ones. <laughs> yeah. Be, be water. <laughs> be water. Yeah. He is, uh, he is he's a master to me. Yeah. He's really a master. Yeah. 
uh, he was able to, you know, master his art mm. of martial arts, but apply that to his life. And you saw that in his success through through Hollywood and through mm-hmm. through movies in the Asian cinema. You saw that in the amount of people that he impacted and that he loved. And just his commitment to his craft is it's divine, brother. It's yeah. so beautiful. When I look at him, and whether it's in his movies and his commitment to like pr- delivering on a role, and mm-hmm. I really studied his life, and I studied how intense he was with everything. Like he was literally the lion on the hunt. Mm. There, there is absolutely no questioning. There is no ifs or buts. There is no fear. He sees his target, and then beautifully leaps and bounds towards it dodging mm. and ducking and weaving any obstacles that come along the way and to me that to live art to live life so beautifully as a form of art and to express oneself like that that is it's stunning thank you so much for sharing that is beautiful and I, like as you were sharing that like because there's that there's that ferocious intensity that he had but he's Full on cheeky too, right? <laughs> yeah. like um, yeah. There's there's like a massive humorous side to his yeah. To all that discipline as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so can I ask you? Okay, uh, if you could erect a billboard, yeah, in Times Square. So think about New York and that energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you've got Times Square in the middle. So. If you could erect a billboard as a message, um, what would your billboard read? Mm. It would read, do what you love, period. (laughs) Beautifully. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's the the poet and the artist. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, what I'm picking up in that for me personally was, you know, a big message that I'm harboring is health and purpose. You know, and mm. obviously your journey is all about health, but that screams that you know, do what you love is also about purpose as well, and yeah. the two are interwoven and. Yeah, that that really speaks to me. Yeah, and then the the beautifully, which is you know like bring the grace into it, and you know the yeah, that's that's really really awesome. The grace and the cheekiness. <laughs> define your own beauty, make it beautiful. Yeah, I like that. Define your own beauty, make it beautiful. That's brilliant. Thank you. Um, okay, so last question. Serious note. <laughs> Legitimately. But who are you beyond your identity and your story? Songs of the Heartbeat. Songs of the Heartbeat. That's beautiful. 
Music's a big part of your life now, isn't it? Mm. It's a massive part of my life, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel as if, and there's a strong melancholy and um, an emotion that comes up around it in that I feel we come into this world singing mm. and we leave this world singing. And we re- remember those things perhaps throughout this life. And for me, at least in my experience, when I remembered my own songs, and they'll express themselves differently. Sometimes it's pure songs. Sometimes it's beautiful conversations. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's great works of labor. Mm-hmm. But when I find my songs that strike chords of thunder th- through me and ripple throughout my heart, that is to bring it back to Bruce Lee to express oneself authentically I think that is the truest way to express oneself authentically and for me the big insight that I've received just recently mm. I started learning how to sing yeah because I was convinced that like I wasn't a singer and that, that wasn't it but I really wanted to so I allowed myself to explore this point mm. and it's only been a few weeks now and the resonance and vibration that I get to create and the songs that I get to sing is the most liberating experience. More liberating than I ever could have imagined. Yeah. Being able to send songs that you feel at your very center, at your heart, that feel so close to home mm. and being able to f- feel yourself create that and have it move throughout your entire body Yeah, is such a beautiful blessing and it's the best medicine yeah, it's always it's free amazing it's medicine, always free it? and it's always right there yeah there's um as you were saying that um something that that triggered was uh, i remember i think it was this lady that went to an african tribe and she you know they were they were singing together and um the conversation that she well she basically didn't sing and they're like sing and she was like, I don't sing. And then they translated, like there's a translator there for her. And she was like, oh, she doesn't sing. And they just like stopped and looked at her like, what do you mean she doesn't sing? She's talking, hmm. you know? And it was this, this whole idea like, you've got legs, you walk. Yeah? Yes. You've got voice, <laughs> you sing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, yeah, you know, yes. it's like this really... and. It's this disconnect, mm. and I've um, really beautiful book actually. Ah, that's where it stems from. Um, Peter Leviton um, has this book, and it's called um, "The Brain and Music," I think, or mm. something along that. And uh, yeah, it talks about how contemporary music—it's—it's it's only been like the last sixty, seventy years mm. that there were music professionals, mm. and that creation of professionals made everybody else the audience you know and then now there's like this weird sort of now we don't sing over here you know um but prior to that it was everybody's you know especially in the tribal sense you know it's it's everybody's we sing together we create it together and yeah it was yeah so that was yeah songs of the heartbeat and i really appreciate um 
just all the different colors it wasn't just about songs it was about you know the act of life and everything that you show up with as well um yeah thank you and just winding midway into the uh, the episode uh, just as i tie up I, I really want to thank you because you know um you mentioned this and you know the the, the trajectory was going strongly <laughs> um into the, the the weaving of the podcast the way it's been but you mentioned that you know valuing life mm. and um you know i <laughs> i value life <laughs> and uh, you know i got really clear on my values this year but I, I heard along the way that life is not something that you can value it's not a value like connection is value wisdom is a value love is mm. a value life is not and as i've thought about that i've decided that that's no <laughs> like i value life and um and i'm acutely aware that you do too and it's it's you know it's been shared through this podcast and also you know you mentioned it directly before so i just really wanted to get a highlighter pen and put that over the top of that as Beautiful. well so thank you for sharing that thank you, bro. um brother so you know myself here as the inspired evolution i to say that I really appreciate what you've done is, you know, is um, <laughs> is one way of putting it. But, you know, I, I really appreciate who you are. Yeah, like your being, um, you know, every time we connect, every time I get to spend time with you, um, I, I, I learn something new, you know, and a big part of my faith is learning. Um, and just to remain humble, you know, you, you spoke to it so eloquently today. And thank you so much for sharing that with the listeners, you know, just that importance of humility. Um, and I really, I really bond with you just on that awareness, you know, of just the importance of that, having that as a cornerstone value. Um, I think even in the podcast, like we'll look back and, you know, it's been quite a humble episode and I think it's, you know, that message, the way you're sharing yourself is so authentic to that humility. But for those that are dialing in, please do check out Marco's work. You know, there's some, it's, it's prolific. There's, there's a lot of big, like big scale stuff going on and it can really help and change and shift the work that you're doing. Um, there's, there's like retreats that are being offered internationally. There's work being offered here in his land. There's keynote talks. There's, you know, he's, he's an author. He's a, you know, he's a health coach. There's so much around, you know, just the authenticity um, of health and the vibrancy of that that is offered. And I really cannot do that justice. So, you know, I just really want to speak to that and try and give it a moment. Um, and, you know, for me, uh, you know, I, we're all about we're all about the the human journey brother and you know this life that we value <laughs> and uh you know i sincerely from you know the bottom of my heart i'm always wishing you truly well on your journey and you know your blessings coming forward thank you brother thank you so much for your time today and um just before i wrap the whole thing up so where people where can people find you and all your blessings like you know where we're going to dial into what's the easiest way to get in contact yeah. with you? Uh, the easiest way would be calibrate hub Calibrate Hub. Yep. C A L I B R A T E Hub H U V dot com. Cool. Super and simple. Love it. Yeah. It's all on there. Perfect. And your email address and everything will be there as well. And you can everything. just ah oh, perfect. So that's calibratehub dot com for Marco's offerings and um yeah. And for those that are listening, um, as part of the Inspired Evolution, 
as you now aware, there's a new website, www.amrit-sandhu.com, A-M-R-I-T-S-A-N-D-H-U.com. Again, thank you so much for your love, your support, listening and tuning in and, you know, the reviews and the feedback. It's, you know, the positive and the constructive. It's all been super, super helpful. It's helping me um, remain inspired and continue to evolve. So I uh, thank you so much for, for just, you know, your efforts and your inspiration. Um yeah, the podcast has been traveling around the globe, which is truly humbling. I, I can't even imagine, you know, like I can't wait to go on a holiday myself, <laughs> but the podcast is already there doing it. So that's phenomenal. And, um, you know, uh, I'm just really grateful again to the podcast for me to be able to have these conversations and connect with um, with inspirational people like yourself, Marco. So thank you so much for today. Thank you, brother. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.